0: You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Clarissa Mole is joining us. She's an award-winning writer. She is the author of Beyond the Darkness, A Gentle Guide for Living with Grief, thriving after loss. She's written a really great article that is posted over in the Gospel Coalition titled, Debunking Grief's Myths, Four Lies You Need to Stop Using. You know, we always get into those social awkward situations. We say some things that are sort of culturally kitschy, but they're really not rooted in any good theology. We just say things for the sake of saying things when we're awkward. And joining us this morning, Clarissa, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us about grief. Thanks so
1: much for having me, Steve.
0: Well, you know, this was brought to our attention. and uh, as as I was going through and looking at this, you point out so many good truths because these myths, I tell you, they 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 set up a false expectation for a couple of things. For the person one who is grieving, right? That's a, that okay. sets up a false expectation. But then, too, for the person who, you know, I don't want to say that everyone is, is providing soul care here in the midst of this, but we're, we're people with concerns. We, we love the people who are grieving. We are told to grieve with those who grieve. But I'm needing to understand where the inspiration and the insight from this article comes from. Where are you writing from in all of this?
1: Sure. Well, my husband uh, died unexpectedly in 2019 uh, in a hiking accident on our family vacation. And, you know, it really sent me into a deep dive trying to figure out how to grieve, what that looked like as a mom with four young children, um, how I was going to make my way in the world without my husband. And I realized that many of the popular things that we say around funerals, that we write in cards. They just don't hold a lot of weight uh, when you are confronted with the magnitude of death. And uh, it sent me on a search, looking for something better.
0: That's really, really interesting. I'm sorry for your loss, and I understand that that had to have been a very difficult and continue to be a very difficult thing uh, to navigate and walk through. But as we we look at this, I'm sure that you heard many of these myths that were kind of passed on to you, right? And one of them is just that, you know, the person is in a better place. You know, we all look for uh, hope in what is to come, and we know what we leave behind here in this horizontal existence. Tell us a little bit about that myth, the particular myth there, that the person's in a better place, quote-unquote.
1: Sure. You know, we um, we can pretty easily identify the myths of the world, uh, things like time heals all wounds, or... Uh, you know, at least he was in, at least he was old, or at least she's no longer in pain. We can say, oh, you know, this, just don't hold weight. But there's something about interfacing our faith with these kind of platitudes that makes it particularly difficult for us to sort out. And I think this is one of those places, you know, we do believe in the hope of heaven. We do believe that our loved ones, um, particularly those who were in pain or suffering from illness, that, that they are free of that That earthly pain that we still bear. And yet, the reality is that our hope of heaven doesn't necessarily temper our earthly pain, but it does transform it. Um, The hope of heaven doesn't take away the hurt, it doesn't make the grief lighter or less, but it does allow us to look beyond that pain. To a greater hope that um, that can guide us into our lives and 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 uh, point us toward flourishing after loss, you know, a lot of people use the "she's in a better place" to kind of push past their grief pain, um, determining that you know heaven is going to be the sole focus of their hope, and um, and God calls us instead to acknowledge the reality of our pain because it's in that suffering that we can often meet Him most intimately. And a, uh, a big a myth that we often hear is that when when we're going through grief, that our faith is weak. How can we get to a point from seeing that, from saying that our faith is weak when we're going through grief to knowing that that is not actually true? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Eric. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've apologized for crying over the last three years. You know, something provokes a moment of grief and I start to cry and then I say, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't be crying. When the reality is that our world is broken, that suffering is real, that uh, the sorrows we carry cut us to the quick. And, um, you know, Paul tells us that all of creation groans in expectation, and of course that groaning is a picture of childbirth, there is a there's a pain that's involved in that, and if creation has been groaning since the beginning for God to make things right, um, prolonged grief certainly doesn't reveal a weak face. Instead, it reveals a faith that looks forward, that sees all that could be and longs for that to come to uh,
0: reality. Well, you know, I can't help but think of Romans 8.28, right? And it says simply, that God works all things for the good of those who believe. So we have to believe that there is some type of purpose that is in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering. That God is working in there. How do we actually know that he's working in the midst of those things?
1: That's a great question, because living in lament can be really hard, right? Yes, it uh, can be. With it, if, we, if we acknowledge that pain is real, that uh, prolonged grief is a normal part of the Christian life, that lament is part of our song as believers until uh, redemption is consummated, there is, uh, There can feel like a hopelessness, a heaviness to that kind of uh, life. And so I think we pivot quickly and say, well, you know, I've got to find a purpose in this. I've got to decode what God is doing. But we look at that, um, that great griever and sufferer, Job, in the Old Testament, who never really got answers to his questions. Instead, he was asked to trust God, to step forward in faith, uh, to believe that God was good, even as everything in his life told him otherwise, and you know, many times we are asked to do the same thing. We um, we don't need to be a job like example to others. We don't need to be a paragon of a triumphant faith in the midst of trial, but we can release this myth that we can understand that we can uh, decode what God is doing. And simply place ourselves in his good and gracious care, mm. knowing that we are loved, that we are chosen by him, that we are known in our suffering, and that even when it's hard for us to see, God has good plans in store for his beloved.
0: Boy, I like that a lot. That is great. Thank you. And the um, We often hear... Or,
1: and even tell ourselves that uh, God, he won't give us more than we can handle. And how can that be problematic when we're going through grief?
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I have to <laughs> laugh at that one, <laughs> It's just because this is something that we – isn't that just so crazy? He won't give us more than we can handle. Yeah. Right? It's just yeah, it's... <laughs> so – we just cast it off like it doesn't matter.
1: That's right, yeah, and it, it feels a little like a conversation filler. Like, we don't know what else to say, so we're going to say God will <laughs> yeah. never give you more than you can handle. When you actually stop to think about it, yes, it's laughable, because often God did, does give us so much to bear that is hard. And uh, the truth is that God will never give us more than He can handle. That there is nothing that, is, that enters our life that is beyond His power and His goodness to carry us through it. You know, Jesus invites us to share His lighter yoke, and what He's saying there is that He will bear under our sorrows with us. And um, so, yeah, you may look at your life and say, "I have been given far more than I can handle." And uh, in those moments, you know, we we we've got to run to those verses that remind us that Jesus carries our deepest sorrows, that uh, He was plunged into death on our behalf, and. Um, That he's not embarrassed about our frailty, that we don't have to summon up some sort of inner resilience and strength to face the things he's placed before us, but instead we can throw ourselves fully on his strength, knowing that he will never give us more than he can bear for us.
0: You know, ultimately, and and I am, again, you know, I extend my condolences to the loss of your husband. I know it's been a short period of time you. and your family needs to adjust. What about peace? Tell me about that, right? In Nahum uh, 1, it says, look, a messenger is coming over the mountain with good news. He is bringing a message of peace. And when I think about that, God's Ability to give us peace in the midst of what seems like dire circumstances for us. There is a calm that we can't appoint to anything else. We cannot ascribe to anything else. Um, Tell us about coming to peace. I know this is a long journey, uh, but where have you found peace in the midst of your personal experience with loss? You
1: know, there are two images from the Old Testament that I have clung to since that night when the police chaplains delivered the uh, news of my husband's death. The first one is uh, from the book of Isaiah, that we are, we are held in the palm of, of God's hand, um, mm. that we are cradled there. And the second is uh, from the book of Psalms, that picture of the mother hen covering her babies with her uh, wings. And I think that, uh, you know, this is what God does for us. That in the midst of the things that swirl about us, that threaten to undo us, we are held, we are covered, and um, and there's a real reassurance in that. That the storms can blow around us, uh, that the the wind can fall, the hail, the um, the torment, but it can only do so much to God's beloved because we are held, we are covered in His goodness, and and that's where the peace is found. That quietness of uh, nuzzling in close. To his heart, um, being enfolded in his arms—that's where the peace comes, even when um, grief seems unexplainable and long, and um, and terribly hard.
0: Yeah, he is our deliverer. Well, Clarissa, I want to thank you for taking uh, this time, because this is really, really an important conversation when we are dealing with somebody who is dealing and suffering through loss. We just find ourselves to be socially awkward. We typically will say one of these theory things that, you know, uh, four things that kind of come into our mind, because they're just words of the culture. But the truth is uh, that ultimately, we're going to find peace. We will Will find deliverance from our trials in the personhood of Jesus Christ in our relationship. And this is definitely an example. Thank you for your writing on this. Um, Tell us a little bit about, before we let you go, Beyond the Darkness. Uh, We can find that at Amazon. We can find that wherever fine books are sold. And so we want to encourage people to seek that out if you are in the process or you are walking out uh, grief right now. We want to go ahead and point you over to that resource. But where can we also find you on the web and on social media?
1: Sure, you can find me at my website, clarissamall.com. I like to hang out on Instagram as well. And, you know, Beyond the Darkness is a companion. It's that book that goes along with the casserole you deliver. It's the book that becomes dog-eared through your first year of loss and beyond, uh, practical support infused with gospel hope. It's uh, it's what we need to be able to walk through the hard things that we
0: face. My goodness. Well, thank you so much. I am, again, uh, you know, I am sorry for your loss, but the Lord is uh, using you to breathe life and hope into others through this work that you have created. And I just want to say thank you uh, for being that example to so many. Clarissa, thank you.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Steve. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.